every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. A few weeks ago, we had Chris Millen here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. And behind the camera, you didn't see there was another good friend of his, Benjamin Sleep. Um, he was so prominent in, in my discussion with Chris that I even mentioned his name in that podcast. So if you go back, you'll see that. Uh, Benjamin uh, is a local man, but a kingdom man from here, from Perth, Western Australia, with a heart for the people in, in the outback, for the indigenous, and also for the heart, with a heart for the kingdom of God to really, really be advanced in this great south land of the Holy Spirit. So um, I'm absolutely delighted to have you, and I've been waiting to interview Chris. So, uh, Chris, now I'm calling you Chris. Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin Sleep, ladies and gentlemen. Benjamin Sleep, our own Benjamin Sleep. How Thank are you, mate? I'm good. Thanks for You're having me asleep, on. You're not asleep, are you? No, awake. <laughs> you look Amish, man. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> you have some uh, Amish bloodline, no? Um, or brethren? Perhaps or? Scottish. Scottish? A little less uh, <laughs> denominational. <laughs> but it works out really well with you. Uh, also, the red beard and uh, just everything. Uh, you must uh, have attracted a lot of ladies this way. Is this how your wife met you? No, I was clean, clean shaven then. <laughs> <laughs> but she prefers you this way, doesn't she? Uh, yeah, at the moment, I suppose. At the moment? Yeah. Oh, she hasn't got a choice. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. I'd listen to her input, but she's uh, she's happy with it. Yeah. Praise God. Mm. Mate, you're a, a, a new father again, third child, only four weeks ago. Yeah, so. Two girls before and now? And now a boy, yeah. Little, hey. little baby Hamish. Hamish, hey? <laughs> yep. Is he Hamish? Is he Amish? Is he redhead? I think so. Ginger? I yeah. think so. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how he pans out. <laughs> Not much beer there. Yet. No, nothing yet. He's very, he's very... Uh, Baby like. No, noisy? And uh, keeps you up at night? No, yeah. not you. You yeah. sleep in the other room. Did you move out? No. Of the master suite yet? <laughs> no. no. How old are the girls? Um, I have Aubrey Rose, who's six, and Charlotte, who is three. And they don't need you at night? Or they do? Sometimes. So it's been a crazy few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so who does the, the runs to them, the rounds? You, 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 go, you take care of those two? I try ones. to, but, you know, there's a mother's love that, I can't fulfill, so. You know what I did? I I had to move out of the master suite and I left her with the baby and I would take care of the other two. Oh, so yeah. That way she didn't wake up at night or I wouldn't wake up when the baby <laughs> was, you know, fed. And <laughs> yeah, I can understand. It's, it's a juggling act. Yeah. Um, and uh, so if nothing happens for two, three hours, you wonder what's going on. Yeah? Mm. There's no noise or, mm. you know, <laughs> continuous well. sleep. <laughs> so that's what I ho I'm hoping for. <laughs> a few hours of, of sleep would be nice, but yeah. not so not so much just yet. What do you do during the day? My, me? Yeah. Um, I have I have different ventures that um that I'm into, but most of the things I do is is just following the prompting of the Lord mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, I have a, have a few 
prayer meetings I like to attend and, and people that I see mm-hmm. regularly. But most of my most of my day is is um, spent in prayer, mm. and and then following the Lord, and then that would lead into other things. Um, yeah. mm. So some inventions and innovation come from that, but that's all being rebooted in my life completely since well when the hamish was born the lord started speaking to me about a a new direction mm-hmm. of, of a sort of a hybrid of of innovation partnering with the ministry and purpose that i hadn't considered before yeah and i would actually it's actually when i had dinner with you a few weeks ago and, and i saw myself saw parts of myself that i i tried to squash because i'd seen businessmen who weren't very um, genuine and they're yeah. doing things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I tried to squash that whole side of my heart out and yeah. just say, no, no, that's not right. And I, so I began to actually let that uh, surface again. Yes. And then the Lord really began to speak to me about um, bringing ministry and business together and, and, then, and then bringing other people in and, and partnering it in a different way where um, the secular, you know, secular begins to actually encounter and reconcile with, with the mission field and the, and the moving highways and byways church again. Yes. And so that seed is just started in my heart. Yeah. And I'm just beginning to form how, how that will actually look, but that's probably where my days are going to transition to, but my heart will always be to get out on, on the mission field and, and wherever I can be, be out there. Yeah. Mm. Well, I, I think uh, that great divide between the secular and the holy is, has caused the church a lot of damage. Yeah. There shouldn't be a divide. We, we are one. You yeah. know, that's what, that's how God identified. He said, the Lord your God is one. Yep. And when we learn to be one, I'm talking, you know, same Nathaniel in the business, in the church, in the family, mm. you know, genuine, then we really take the kingdom of God into every sphere of society. Yeah. And the gifting that you carry as well, innovation, you know, whatever it is, the world needs that. The market needs that. Mm. And that's a gift mm. of God to you to release to others. And in that process, God rewards you also with an income for your family. Yep. Which is beautiful. Yep. So, yeah. Well, that's your wife too, or before she had the children? Uh, my wife's on maternity leave at the moment. Yeah. She uh, is a ministry catalyst with Scripture Union. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she would she works with the churches and schools and other organizations. And it really is her job to, to foster that unity and oneness. Yes. Which is a very challenging job, yeah. but she just loves it. So yeah. she's on maternity leave for a year or something, and then she she won't, probably won't be able to wait to get back into it because that's the way she's geared. Now you've got beautiful heritage. I've met your parents, and they they sold out for God as well. They came to our church once. Mm. Have they always been um, in Christ? Um, so my mum, she grew up in the country. Mm-hmm. A town called Wagen. There's a giant sheep or ram there if you've ever yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah. She grew up that way and um, she was a missionary in Africa and Senegal with WEC. 
Okay. So she's she's been with the Lord, I think, for the most part of her life, mm-hmm. from what I understand. And and actually, so she went to Africa as a Senegal. Yeah. How long? She was there seven years, I believe. Before you were born. Before I was born. Okay. So she followed the whole wow. um, path of the Lord and actually met my father much later when she was about 38, 37. She probably met him, got married. Just young enough to have you. Just in time to have me and and my sister, would you believe? Wow. And my dad, he came in clutch as well because he, was, um, he wasn't with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he'd gone through a very difficult um, divorce and a whole journey of, of his own. I think he was drowning a lot of his sorrows in, in alcohol. Mm-hmm. And he actually went to, uh, I think, a, an AA meeting, Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. And they sort of told him, you've got to look after your spiritual self and there's a higher power. So <laughs> one day my dad... 12 steps. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he grasped that. You know, I think yeah. there was Christianity around. Yeah. But um, the brokenness of his life, he he didn't really um, he didn't really understand, and 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 he was he was um, he got on his motorbike and he went for a ride one day, and he yeah. met a friend of his, um, a spirit filled Christian, and he took him up to the to a place called Alligator Gorge in South Australia, which if you ever go there, it's a, it's an amazing place. Where is it? It's in sort of on the lower section of the Flinders Ranges, mm-hmm. like the southern side, and you've got to go up and down a heap of hills. And if you, when you get there, it's sort of almost like the Amazon. There is just cliff faces, and and you're just like, this is crazy. How is this even in Australia? Obviously, with gum trees, though. Whereabouts uh, is it from? Uh, do you go from like Laura that that way or? Uh, so probably in between um, Port Augusta and Port Perry. Port Perry. Yeah. In the hills. In the hills. Yeah. I nearly, I nearly bought a block of land in Laura. Right. Yeah. I think I it's, a, it's a place. I've been up to Nipavana and all the wild, uh, what's that massive gorge there? Um, There's lots of them. <laughs> it's not the alligator one. It's, um, yep. I don't know. But that, that area is absolutely spectacular. It is. You know, in those hills, it's just phenomenal. And the trees and, like, obviously the water running down, just huge um, tree, gum trees. I met a European-German guy who is um, growing peaches in the middle of a forest in there. Right. He's just got a small farm. Nobody knows about it. And he sells these prime peaches in Melbourne for 15 to $20 a kilo, organically grown in the middle of the forest. The taste is like sublime, and wow. he can't produce. Basically, they put them in special wooden crates, really elegant wooden crates, and overnight they take them to Melbourne. They don't fridge them, they don't freeze them, they, they, they just sell them instantly. And it's like people pay $40 if you don't know them. Wow, from, from there, the yeah. premium. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So dad went up to Alligator Gorge okay. <laughs> with his friend. And, <laughs> come back to the gorge. <laughs> and his friend um, basically prayed in the spirit over my dad. Yeah. And something happened in my dad there where he made a choice um, to, I think, to find the, to find the Lord. Mm. Deep down he knew in his heart. Yeah. And he got on his bike and he, and he went on this whole journey of, of getting out of this abusive relationship that he was in and, and – um, 
So I have family over there in South Australia, two sisters much older from his first marriage. And then he ended up going through a series of events and coming to Perth. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, oh, my, my spiritual being is not doing too good. I need to try and find this higher power they were telling me about. Mm. So he literally opened up the newspaper, yeah. found a church. <laughs> I think it was um, the Foursquare Church in Vic Park. Yes. And he went, I'll go there. And he went in there, yeah. got saved that Sunday, yes. bought, bought to the Lord, and then married my mum like a year later or something like that. Wow. And so there's mum, you know, I can imagine, please, Lord, send me a husband. I've done your work. I need my life now. And, and then dad's just like, ding, in he comes. <laughs> wow. Mm. And so then, and then so my sister as well, she's, she, she's two years old, uh, younger than me. So she's um, would have been around when my mum was 40. So she really, mum really just got in there, I suppose, from yeah. the worldly standards. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's fine. I mean, I was mum was forty when she had me. So, uh, so you grew up in Perth. Were you born in Perth? Born in Perth. I've grown up here. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sheltered, really. Haven't done much travel until I. So church, uh, you what church did you grow up in? Yeah, I grew up in that four square church. Oh, so your mum was part of that church. Yeah, she okay. was part of it there. So nice. Dad really got the whole package when he went there. I suppose that Sunday. I, I preached in a four-square church, uh, not yesterday, but last weekend at the Hardy Chillers in uh, North Northside. In, uh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Great, great people. So I think the church that um, was in Vic Park moved around a bit and they ended up, they're now the White House Church in... Yeah, Nicholson Road. Nicholson Road, yeah. Yeah, wow. So my parents went there for, for many years and I grew up there yeah. as well. You probably would have known my spiritual father, Dr. Bob Chapman. He used to preach in that church quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I know that name. Yeah. So probably as a child you would have met him. He was quite often on, on the preaching roster. Right, yep. Yeah. Ah. And where did you go to school? I went to school um, in high school, so Kent Street Senior High School. Bentley. Yeah, just just next door to Bentley and it um, I did the tennis course there, so I did a special specialist tennis course, and I found a real, um, I found a real thing in my inside myself of, of um, almost like I couldn't, I couldn't succeed in tennis mentally yeah. okay. on my own, yeah, because I just felt like um, I don't know if I wasn't part of a team, then it was just me, and I, I didn't have any. I couldn't. I couldn't quite connect. Yeah, and and actually, it was to the point where so I had quite a vicious serve, mm-hmm. and one time I served eight aces, wow. and still lost that game. Oh, <laughs> so um, and then and then there was, but there was something wrong in my heart, like yeah, in high in um, yeah, high school, and and I was really hurting, and I I think I was looking for purpose. And I, I just couldn't understand, like, well, what's the point? What's the point of this? I, I sat in class and I asked the maths teacher, like, where do you use this in, in real life? Yeah. She couldn't answer me. Yeah. So and I just sort of got very depressed and 
and gave up almost. And and uh, I remember just I had a really toxic relationship with the girlfriend. We were sort of always bickering and and sort of using each other for attention. And and I remember just like sitting one day in maths class with my head on the desk, just yeah. crying. Just cried the whole period. No one bothered me. <laughs> it was a really strange thing. And and I left and. And I was just had such a hurt in my heart from yeah. from no connection to purpose mm. at that time, and and then um, actually my same my same girlfriend, I I needed a so I had a basketball team we were pretty good, but we lost a player, and I needed a new player. So I thought, oh, who who can play basketball? You were still in high school at this stage. Still in high school. Yeah. And so I rang up. A friend of mine from that White House church, yeah, he'd just become a youth pastor at a, at a church called uh, Jubilee World Harvest at the time. And I said, "Hey, man, we need a player. Can you play? Can you play?" He said, "Yes." So he came along, and we were absolutely killing it. We were doing really well. And then, but every week he would invite me to church, and I'd say, "No, no, 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 no!" Like I was really just distancing myself. But you grew up in church. I grew up in church. I knew, but. But I hadn't didn't have that personal connection yet with yeah. with I'd say with purpose. I felt like I knew the Lord, but yeah. but I didn't understand like how does this actually practically work out yeah. and and anything like that. And um, eventually, he asked my girlfriend, "Did you come to church?" She said, "She says yes." So now I'm going to church. <laughs> so um, I go along and I sit down and. They begin to talk and sit and they, they do the worship, you know, and I just, I'm weeping, yeah. crying, bawling my eyes out, snot from beginning to end, announcements and tithes. <laughs> You're still crying. <laughs> and, and the Lord just supernaturally did something in me and, and I just began, it's like I switched on. Yeah. My girlfriend wasn't interested. She got out of there. Yeah. But um, we broke up, but I stuck around and then that's where the Lord really got hold of me. And so now I'm like, oh, wow. And I began to first feel my passion for prayer, get invited to a prayer meeting, and I would pray and I'd be like, hang on a minute, I can feel power when I like pray in this certain flow. And, yeah. and I could feel the anointing begin to really pray. So the spirit would pray through me. And I'm like, wow, yeah. this is something that I feel connected to and, and I can live this can drive my life. I can I can connect to this. Yeah. So at that time, I felt like quite restricted by my parents, and they were, you know, they didn't. I didn't feel like they got me and and stuff like that. So I actually moved out at the age of seventeen, mm-hmm. and I just got an apprenticeship as a, a light vehicle mechanic or so car mechanic. Yeah. And so I um, began to try and forge my life um, with with the apprentice wage, first year apprentice, moved out of home, moved in with a couple of lads and yeah. and um, forged some really good friends, lifelong friends in that house and and it started to make a few mistakes on my own two feet, got a big speeding fine where I lost 10 demerits in one hit. Whoa. <laughs> and I felt, I felt... Um, like the Lord was really fathering me in that moment because I, I was like, Lord, I, I realized I was out of control with my driving and 
and um and it actually like been pulled over and let off two times in the weeks before now yeah. this one was like third time third time and it's back when the p players still had their full 12 demerit so i was down to two and so that really shook me yeah and um and and got me some discipline and then i began to try and work out how do i live life as an apprentice yeah um because it's not enough it's not enough money and that's where I think a bit of my entrepreneurial flow began to come in because I, I, um, I won't say how many because there's probably legal numbers of how many cars you're supposed to sell in a year. In a year, but I think it's four. It's, it's now four. Back, back then, there back, wasn't. Back then, uh, there was a few grey areas. Yeah, and um, I don't think there was a law before. No, it was sort of a if you had intent to to sell, buy and oh, sell. Yeah. So that was sort yeah, of a, it was different. It was a gray area. Everybody was doing it. <laughs> Everyone was. So that was where I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. Crossed that over with my mechanical skill and I began to really flip. Oh, you had a thing. You had a mechanical understanding of cars. Yeah, I was a, doing my apprenticeship. Okay. And I'd grown up with dad in the quokka back then, finding cars. And, and your dad was a mechanic as well? He wasn't a mechanic, but he knew his thing. Okay. So by the time I was um, by the time I was eighteen, by the time my nineteenth birthday come around, I was I was well into my double digits of cars that I'd moved, and so you could buy something that wasn't working anymore and just fix it and plug it. And I mean, the difference would have been huge because uh, a lot of people, if the cars were ruined or you know their gaskets blown or something, it was priceless basically. Yeah. And, and even like, but, but also seeing the Lord's favor on that. <laughs> yeah. Like someone would give me a car because the alternator died and yeah. I would like put an alternator in it for 400 bucks. And then it's like, oh, this is a $5,000 car now. That's right. That, and that just blew me away. Yeah. It was just a bit dirty. and Yeah. Clean it up, fix it up a bit, tidy it up. Yeah. And I realized, oh, I can, can sell things. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mm. Great. So then from there, I moved to, um, I, I had some sort of difficulty with, with the apprenticeship. My boss sort of didn't like my Christian faith mm. and it was a small workshop. So I changed to another place and then met my wife. So I was only 20 when I met her, yeah. got married, yeah. uh, finished my apprenticeship and then moved quite quickly to uh, I was at Autobahn and I moved quite quickly to the manager. Within three months of finishing my apprenticeship, yeah. I, was, I was the leading hand and manager of an Autobahn wow. store. And I just uh, loved The store or the mechanic? No, that, so I was, I was dealing with the customers, delegating the jobs, okay. and I was producing work when the boss was the in. The Autobahn BA agent? Yes, the actual... Not the barn. Yeah, the actual mechanical yeah, shop. Yeah, the mechanical shop, not the yeah. accessories and parts. No, no, yep. Yeah. So I was doing that. And then after a little while, I, I tried a few different jobs, machinery and that, but I, I thought, no, I need to, I want to um, progress in the things of the Lord more. And yeah. I couldn't see how, how that had any connection to actual ministry. So I was yes. like, so I have to do actual ministry now. So I have to try and work towards that yeah so I was like how am I going to do that and I I prayed and prayed and 
and I felt like I was supposed to start my own um, mobile mechanics business. Mm. And I felt clear on that from the yeah. Lord, but I dragged my feet and um, basically ended up, uh, again, another fathering moment where the Lord allowed me to to follow through with myself. And I, I, I hurt my leg and I got on workers' comp and, and then the boss somehow, he didn't, he didn't like me because somebody sort of said something and I ended up like sitting in spare parts, counting parts oh. on workers' comp <laughs> for like months. Yeah. I was in hell as far as I was concerned. I was like, this is just horrendous. And I was like, finally, I was like, okay, Lord, I'll do the business. <laughs> and then within a, f- a few days, it felt like. Yeah. Um, you got a van? Yeah, well, my leg, my leg was, my leg cleared up. The doctor signed me off, yep. and I wrote a letter, um, resignation of resignation <laughs> on the way home from the doctor. <laughs> Walked into the office and gave it to the boss, and then they tried to bully me a bit more. But eventually, they walked me out of there with pay yep. for my notice, and yep. I, I got a Ute, mm-hmm. and uh, off I went. And I just, I just somebody had promised me a job. Yeah, two or three days a week, Perfect. and then they just um, they just said, "No, nah, it's not there." So, I was uh-huh. like, <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, "Okay, off I go." I've I've got a van, and I, I had. Were you married at this stage? Married. I just had my. Oh, I was no, I hadn't quite had my first daughter yet. So, but you still had to provide for the family. Oh yeah, we had a mortgage. Yeah, had a mortgage and all that, <laughs> all that sort of thing. I think my wife was either working for the church or studying, so not really much money coming yeah, from her, her side, yeah. So off I went and and got that business pumping pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and I did some Bible college mm-hmm. and and I started to see that this Bible college isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> um and I, and I was like, I don't really want to be equipped to become a scholar. It's not really my life's calling. Yeah. Um, so I excelled at the, the application um, sort of units, but the ones where I'm like having to look at the, uh, I don't know, exegesis applications and this sort of thing, I, I was really like getting bogged down and all that. And I thought, no, no. And, and the grace lifted from that. And at that time, I'd moved and helped um, the church we were at in Hillside start up the food ministry. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I thought this is great. I can see how I can see some connection here. Yeah, and so they would give the, the people would come for pastoral care. Yeah, and I'd I'd be would be prayed up. I'd be ready. I'm like here we go, and we we began to see the Lord move powerfully. Mm. People would come in. One guy had um. He had uh, rheumatoid arthritis in his hands and he came in in a sling on full disability. Yeah. And um, really in a bad way. And he just wanted his food, you know. And I just said, oh, Can I pray for you? And I just said, You know, a simple prayer of, of love, really. Just Jesus loves you and be healed, bless you. And he begins to just breathe, like, really. And I'm thinking, is he okay? Like, has he had, had needs some medication? And I walk him out, give him his food parcel, and he gets in his mate's car and goes. And, and he comes back 
a month later, but I didn't recognize him. Completely yeah. different. Ben gives me a big hug and I'm like, what's going on here? And I look in and he says, Ben, I'm, I'm doing really well. I've just painted my mum's house, top to bottom, inside and out. And, and I look in his records, oh, this is the guy with yeah. the rheumatoid arthritis. The Lord just completely healed him wow. head to toe. And so there was just ongoing things like this where I actually had an, an avenue where I felt I could see the Lord flow through me yeah. and things were happening. People were being freed and coming to the Lord and it was going on and on and, and um, just many people were healed and, and I was so touched by it. But um, I think, again, the Lord, the Lord wanted me to keep moving. So the grace lifted for the business. Mm-hmm. My back got hurt. Things really got constricted very very much financially, and I, I couldn't work. Your back you had an injury. Yeah, my back was 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 injured, and I was in bed for a couple of weeks. Oh. And then I was about like fifteen grand behind in in bills, and then it and then it ticked over to the first of the month, and then they like put a stop to my um, accounts. Ah, uh, the And I thought, oh man, um, how am I going to earn any money now? You know, yeah. this is not. How I was used to working. Yes. And um, basically, then the Lord says, I need you go to go to America. And I thought, Lord, this is not a good time. I've just had my first daughter. She's just been born. Yeah. I'm like, this, I'm, I'm like, got to pay this bill, Lord, somehow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's like, I need you to go to this conference that I, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what this conference is, is, is Lord. So I said, okay. Then the, the, Creditors ring me up and they say, all right, I need to do a payment plan. And I was just sort of like new to all of this, yeah. young, naive me. I said, sure, like, what, what's the payment plan? They said, we want $1,000 a week. I said, okay, sure, I guess. Yeah. They send it over, I sign it and send it back. And I'm talking to my brother-in-law, he's like, what did you do that for? How are you going to pay $1,000? I said, I don't know, but I had to do something. They were yeah. going to send the debt collectors. <laughs> Yeah. And that's where I began to see the people's hearts touched by the Lord and about three or four weeks, people just gave, like just gave the money for that, for that bill, $1,000 yeah. came in. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So, so the Lord really can move big time. Sure. And I, I would be always thinking about creating money to give, but this was now I was on the other side of it. I was like, this is amazing. And then I ended up um, going right. I need to get to to America to this conference, and it was like now the Friday, and the conference was on Wednesday the next week, and I still hadn't done anything. Yeah. And the money came in for the flights. I think on the Saturday, then the money came in for the accommodation. Mm-hmm. Then the Lord says, "Give that away," and I thought, okay. <laughs> Why not? And I give it away. And the the guy just needed the money. He was crying. It was a touch thing. Then the money comes in anyway from someone else. I thought, wow, this is this is how I always believed it worked, but it's actually like this. Yeah. And then um, ends up I booked my visa, and I was like, oh, this needs forty eight hours. I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Forty eight hours, and I'm leaving tomorrow. But it came in, and I was like, okay. And I go to get on the airport, um, get in the and I'm like, hang on, the travel agent had me- messed up my flight. She'd booked me a day late. So I ended up 
my back had recovered by then and I'd sort of just booked a couple of jobs and made the money back that I gave away. <laughs> before you flew away. Before I flew one more day. Went to the conference and um, that was a life-changing thing. That's a whole other change, a whole other story in that. But went to that conference and came back with um, with nothing in my pocket. I had I had ten dollar note left. Yeah, I put in the vending machine to get a bottle of water. I took my ten dollar note and gave me no water. I had nothing. Came, <laughs> came home with nothing. And um, I was in talks with a guy about selling my business. And um, I sort of, I was unsure because it was a business built around just me. Of course, you were the business. And I was the business. I, I, you know, I, I'd done some good things, but at the end of the day, a lot of people were doing business with just me. So I couldn't understand how I'd sell it. But anyway, the day I get back from this trip, he rings me up and he says, yep, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I'll transfer you... Um, 15 grand right now and then we'll we can if if we can pay off the rest of the money you know I, basically it was like it cleared what i owed yeah it cleared your what debts. i owed your debts. <laughs> my debts and i walked free from the business yeah. and i thought wow lord this is amazing yeah and then um my wife and i started a house of prayer mm -hmm. probably about a year later yeah and uh we call it was called awakening house of prayer from uh, lady with Jennifer Leclerc, who we'd met, who I'd met in America, mm -hmm. and God really did something. And when we began to pray, we would we were praying into into something, yeah, but we didn't we didn't really know. And then about six months later, a series of events happened. But I was laying on the floor, and I was watching myself drive across the Nullarbor in my car. Mm -hmm. in a vision I thought wow okay and my friend says um, Jeff who lives in Perth as well he, he says there's something happening in Port Augusta we've got to go there it's next week and I was like yeah we do so pack the car just the two of you just the two of us I had no money and your wife my wife was at home with the kids or kid at that time and and she released you she released me my wife is a very gracious woman okay with the antics that I get up to, <laughs> and um, and packed the car, and I was like, "Lord, I need you to come through here because I'm just following you again, and um, all I have is my car packed." Yes. And someone drops an envelope round that afternoon uh, with my base, basically my half of the fuel money. <laughs> okay, that's enough. So we get in the car and off we go. Two days to Port Augusta. Two days to Port Augusta. And then that's where I met Chris and I realized we'd been praying into that mission for six months before. Yeah. Um, and we, it was the Australia day. Um, funnily enough, the Australia day, they, they dug up Matthew Flinders grave mm. and here we are on Flinders road or Ave <laughs> or whatever. Flinders, so yeah. Flinders street, is it? Yeah. Flinders street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> just here. So we, we um, had never met each other, Chris and I, and we rented this big um, one-bedroom motel room. Yeah. And there was about six or seven of us in there. Snoring. There was one fella who was gifted in the snoring. 
and everyone else was gifted in and every, patience. Everyone else was, yeah, <laughs> they were they were awakened in the night. Um, and anyway, but but we really we did everything there. We we would pray, yeah, pray, and then something would happen, and it would open up, and it would be a real a real unity of prayer and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and doing, and the fruit that we saw from doing it that way yeah. was incredible. And the unity that we had mm. to go out and the oneness that we had because we had already established that understanding of prayer, yeah. it was just really strong. Mm. And so that's where I met Chris and I saw this guy is, is the real deal. Yes. And the Lord just kept saying, Chris would say, we need to go here, okay, and I'd, the Lord would say, go, and, and it just kept building, and we built built relationship over wow. a few years, yeah. I met you at a conference in Sydney, I think, at the Apostolic Coalition, of Apost uh, the ACAL, Australian Coalition of Apostolic Leaders. How did you get in there? So that was a case of Chris was invited to speak that year. Yeah. And the Lord... Um, uh, prompted me that to go and support Chris. That was nice. So I went and I got to meet you, and yeah. it was really good, really good to meet so many people there. Where did you meet your wife? So I met my wife. She, that same youth pastor, actually, we didn't have a building at that church that I was going to, so we'd have to try and like find other venues for Friday nights. Yes. And, um, my wife, her pastor promised her church's venue, venue on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit of a um, misunderstanding between pastors, we'll say. Worked in my favour. But basically, she was thinking she would be running a youth group on a Friday, on night. A Friday night. And he had promised the venue to this other youth group. Oh. So now we're both there. Combining. Combining. Let's do it together. But, but nobody thought they were doing it together. There was my wife at to be, and um, you know she's there just barking orders and doing whatever, trying to work out what's going on. And so I met her there, and then they had a few young adults events. Went along a few times and laid your eyes on her. Laid my eyes on her, and and Did she noticed. <laughs> took a little bit, yeah. But she, I won her over, obviously, and. Um, and and then yeah, we just had such sort of I don't know pairing or we did the pre-marriage counselling and they said we've never seen somebody with such um, unanimous results of, high, <laughs> of a high match. <laughs> so it didn't take us long to so get married. You're saying you don't even have to work at it; it just happens naturally. Seems that way. Oh, praise God! Praise God! Mm. Oh wow! Wow! And in the outback, you've experienced you've been up to uh, Alice Springs as well. Alice Springs as well. We've been to Port Augusta around that area, and then gradually going up um, Cooper PD, and some great great people there who've done it a very long time, very hard. Yeah. Um, and then into Unadada, mm -hmm. and that's where. Um, I was telling you earlier about the giant mosquitoes that can bite you through your genes, and yeah, and that was really powerful move of God we saw there. Um, where really 
we couldn't have we couldn't have made it happen. Yeah. The, the the leadership there, um, Jill and Julia, they really heard from God. Yes. And let us in. Yeah. Not knowing who we were or or anything like that. So it was really big of them to do that just in, in the word of the Lord and, and it was a beautiful night there. We we got there with the mosquitoes biting and just as we got there, um, my car limped in because it was a, it's a it's like a four wheel drive track the yeah. Unidata track and we had um, basically a Toyota Camry <laughs> that I'd lowered yeah with a trailer on the back yeah um, brother Methuselah who's you know a bit of a, a like a brother you know from the islands he's in the back and and then so four big grown men <laughs> boot full trailer full and we scraped the whole way there. In my car, and actually, we hit a big bump, and I began to smell fuel, and could see the fuel gauge go down, and, oh. and I thought, "Oh, this is not good." And Chris just lays his hand on the dashboard, says, "In Jesus' name," and I saw the fuel gauge go back up to where Hallelujah. it was. <laughs> we kept going, and the move of God we saw that night was unbelievable. Yeah, so many people just touched and and freed. Um, unbelievable night and, and that opened up um into the the homelands south of alice springs and alice springs and and so on so now chris is up north and yeah, other up, other well, things yeah, yeah other places need to be visited what are you doing at the moment in the season in this season in this week in, in this season yeah what are you up to these days yeah so in the season now, I'm I'm beginning to try and reconcile how that purpose in all things business um, meets the meets the mission. Yeah, and the the heart is to bring um, start to bring begin bringing people on prayer journeys yes. into some of these places. Mm. Probably start around the Flinders Ranges, maybe the Alligator Gorge. <laughs> where my dad left off, you know, yeah. and and begin to get people feeling the heart for, for the truth of what's happened in this nation, in the land, the, yeah. the blood crying out and, and, and all what's, what's happened, and then get them to begin to engage intergenerationally mm -hmm. and interracially because really there's no Jew or Gentile or male or female or, you know, we're all one in Christ and we yeah. need to begin to start smashing those walls down. And the only way we'll do that is finding our centrality with Jesus. Wow. So that's what I, I want to sit, begin to bring together. Yes. So I'm in the early stages of, of, um, of planning that. Yeah. Um, and I got woken up in the middle of the night by Hamish, but I couldn't sleep, get back to sleep. So I out on the computer and I began to really, get that blueprint down of, of how to deploy that. So that's what I'm in, in at the moment, beginning to form so that. So you're in an in a incubator at the moment still? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> another step. Yeah. Another step. And it seems like everywhere I've gone, it's been a stepping stone. Yeah. I thought I'd made it. Yeah. God's like, oh, you've got that lesson done. Good. Here we go. <laughs> another test. <laughs> another valley. Give me a bit of a push if I'm a bit too slow, but it's good because it keeps me moving. Mm. It's exciting, eh?
not knowing where you're going. <laughs> it is. Yeah, my poor wife, she, she's had to really um, trust and um, she's, loved, she's, she's loved it and honoured and supported me all the way along. And she's probably much stronger than we realise. Has to be much stronger. Yeah. <laughs> so she really wants the best version of me. Yeah. So she's been a real blessing to have alongside me for the journey. Fantastic. Mm. Mate, I'm watching this space eagerly to see what God is doing next in your life. Yeah, it kind of excites me and I'm sure, you know, there's, some, there's going to be a bit of an adventure for you, a bit of a thrill. Yep. <laughs> adventure. So. Embrace it and go for it. Thank you. That's what I plan to do. Thanks so much for joining us. What a story, eh? <laughs> this guy is on, on, on to something God is doing in his life and um, just a heart to, for the indigenous and for the outback and for people mm -hmm. and for the kingdom is really, really beautiful. Um, I pray that you are encouraged and even though you may have all the ducks lining up, maybe God wants to... Uh, Shuffle things around a little bit in your <laughs> life as well to unsettle you a little bit. Just let him do that because that's the only way you grow. That's the only way you experience the supernatural. Hope you love this content. Uh, do share it around. Uh, give us the likes, the five stars, whatever you can do to promote this amazing work. And we can't wait to see you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. This is Nathaniel Foster. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.